Pantry Studio production. The following may contain strong language and deals with adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Are you scared of the dark? Well, to be honest, the dark would be the least of your concerns when it comes to what we're about to share with you. It was almost like any number of small towns across the USA that you might have seen back when it was thriving. All except for one thing. A curse. A curse that legend says dates back to the 1500s, or so the story goes, and it's made the local population want to stray as far away from the place as they can. Some consider this to be the evilest place on earth, and many paranormal investigators have left this place in a dead-out sprint. Located in northwestern Connecticut within the town of Cornwall, Many unexplained events, mysterious disappearances, and ghost sightings have all been reported in what used to be a small town, which is now completely abandoned. According to local legend, the founders were descended from Edmund Dudley, an English nobleman who was beheaded for treason during the reign of Henry VII. And from that moment on, the Dudley family was placed under a curse which followed them across the Atlantic to America. And it only gets more mysterious from here. These are the Mountain Mysteries, and this is Episode 13, The Mountain Mystery of Dudleytown, Connecticut, The Village of the Damned. I will be the last to fall Shed a tear for them to see There are over 1.9 billion square acres in the United States alone, and 24% of those are mountainous. The secrets that these regions hold are enormous. Reports of mysterious creatures, strange sightings and sounds, ghosts and murders, and those who have seemingly vanished. They are questions that need asking and answers worth finding. These are the Mountain Mysteries. Here's Chris Sloan. Before we start this episode, I want to give a great big thank you to our newest Patreon supporters, Katina Brock, 
Aslan Brock, Sully, and Eric Brock. Thank you so much. Your support helps us keep on going. The Mountain Mysteries are lucky to have you all in our family. Please support us on Patreon and leave a one-time donation if you'd like to, to help keep the stories coming and the lights on. Oh, the lights on? You'll need it for this one. You can find all of our links on our new website, which is www.themountainmysteriespodcast.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, under The Mountain Mysteries. We begin where it all began, of course. Connecticut is a beautiful state with its fair share of hauntings. We've heard about a lot of them, such as the Snedeker family. You know, from a haunting in Connecticut. Well, that's only one of several, but our story on this episode takes us to what, on the map, looks like a seemingly undisturbed dot on the blacktop. It's a small place called Dudleytown, located in a small city or a small township called Cornwall. Now, it should be noted that Cornwall doesn't even have its own police force. Instead, the residents of the small New England community depend on the state police force for services. The name of Dudleytown was given at an unspecified date to a portion of Cornwall that was comprised of several members of the Dudley family. Most all of them can trace their heritage back to a Saxon named Dud, who was titled Duke of Mercia and died in 725 AD. It was his land that would ultimately become the site of the Dudley Castle. The story about the curse has been traced to an English nobleman, an alleged ancestor of the Dudley brothers who settled in the town. Meanwhile, back in England, old Edmund Dudley got his head chopped off for plotting against King Henry VII. Someone, or something, put a curse on Edmund that followed his family to the New World and took root in Dudley Town, or so they say. In what has often been cited as the first sign of the curse, it was when one of the Dudley brothers allegedly went insane. Another strange incident included the fact that at a barn raising, a man fell to his death. Then lightning struck and killed a Dudley Town woman right on her front porch. Now, she was supposed to have been the wife of a prominent man in the town who had served under General George Washington himself. Several citizens of Dudley Town are also said to have gone insane, and two local women identified as Mrs. Greeley, better known as Mary Cheney and Harriet Clark. Well, they were also said to have hung themselves in the small community in 1872, the later having reported visions of demons prior to her death. Following the Civil War's end in 1865, Dudley slowly became a ghost town. Residents of the town left for better places, where they had access to more things. But there was one family that decided to stay. John Brophy decided to keep his family there, even though everyone else had left. This would turn out to be a fatal decision. Brophy saw his entire life change within just a few months. First, his wife died, reportedly of tuberculosis. Immediately after that funeral, his only two children walked into the woods and seemingly disappeared. His house then caught fire mysteriously and Brophy 
Well, he finally walked into the woods and disappeared himself, never to be heard from or seen of again. According to the Chronicles of Dudley Town, New York Tribune editor Horace Greeley should have followed his own advice. And that advice was quite famous. His words were, Go west, young man. Well, maybe he should have followed his advice and taken his wife. You see, they claim that Mrs. Greeley, better known as Mary Cheney, hung herself in Dudley Town in 1872, as we reported. It should also be noted that Reverend Gary P. Dudley, who was a Texas resident and the author of The Legend of Dudley Town, Solving Legends Through Genealogical and Historical Research, a heritage book publication from 2001, disputes the foregoing. In tracing the genealogy of his name, he found virtually no historical basis for Dudley Town's cursed reputation, no genealogical link to Edmund Dudley, and no mysterious illness or deaths. Well, as for Mary Cheney, he said she never stepped foot in Dudley Town. By most accounts, including Reverend Dudley's, the final resident of Dudley Town seems to have been Dr. William Clark, a New York physician. Dr. Clark built a vacation home in Dudley Town in the early 1900s. Mrs. Clark was yet another wife visited by tragedy. Well, the story places her in Dudley Town at the time. While her husband attended to an emergency in the city, leaving her alone overnight, she descended into madness. But as Reverend Dudley tells it, Mrs. Clark committed suicide in New York, not in Dudley Town. Following the last resident's death, Dr. Clark purchased a large plot of land in the area and officially became the owner of Dudley Town. Or at least what was left of Dudley Town. Now, legend claims that the man left his wife there for only a few days, and when he returned, she was insane, screaming about creatures in the woods. And the legend continues that she killed herself in that house. A few years later, the man remarried and built a new house for his bride. Together with a group of their friends, the couple formed the Dark Entry Forest Association. With trees and forests being destroyed across the country, they hoped to preserve the land here. Clark and his second wife died during the 1940s, but their descendants still live nearby. Now, the Dark Entry Forest Association owns the land, and entry is no longer permitted. There is a warning note from the Connecticut State Police. Those who go or attempt to go to Dudley Town will be arrested for trespassing and or parking. The fines start at $75 per person and rapidly increase. Living in Dudley Town was never easy. Many things went poorly for the people and for the land. Were all of the events unexplainable? Was there a high level of lead content in the drinking water? Or maybe did Native Americans sneak into the hollow and wreak havoc? Or did the Dudleys lug a centuries-old curse into the village? Well, the rocks in and around Dudley Town do contain a high level of iron and other metals. It is possible that there was some lead in the drinking water on the hillside. This theory could explain some of the dementia that the residents of that area experienced. But continued lead poisoning is always fatal. 
and for more than a century, people lived in Dudley Town. If the water were bad, residents would have moved away sooner. Or at least you would think. It is also true that there were many Native American tribes who lived in the general vicinity of Dudley Town, including the Mohawk Nation. Some of the battles of the French-Indian War between 1755 and 1763 also took place within 100 miles of Dudley Town. Oh, there was fallout from the Native Americans for several years after the war, and one set of Dudley Town residents met their fate at the hands of angered Indians. It was in August of 1774 an unidentified epidemic struck the Adoniram Carter household in Dudley Town and killed the entire family. A second Dudley Town Carter family, the Nathaniel Carters, distraught from their loss, moved to Binghamton, New York, where Indians took the life of Nathaniel, his wife, and their infant by Tomahawk. The Carters' other three children were kidnapped to Canada, where two daughters were ransomed. The son, David Carter, remained with his captors, married an Indian girl, and eventually returned to the United States for formal education. David escaped the curse of Dudley Town and eventually went on to become a Supreme Court judge. One of the more bizarre tragedies occurred to one of Cornwall's more famous residents, General Heman Swift. You see, General Swift was the one we spoke about earlier who served in the Revolutionary War under George Washington. It was April of 1804 when his wife Sarah Fay was struck by lightning on their porch and killed instantly. After that happened, it said that General Swift became slightly demented. Horace Greeley, editor and founder of the New York Tribune, and, of course, his most famous quote, Go West, young man, married Mary Cheney, who was born in Dudley Town. The two met in a vegetarian boarding house, and the union ended when Mary took her own life in 1872. That was just shortly before Horace Greeley lost his bid for the presidency of the United States. The next tragedy occurred near the very end of the 1800s to one of Dudley Town's last residents, John Patrick Brophy. We told you that his wife had died of tuberculosis, and shortly after that his two kids mysteriously walked into the woods and were never seen from again, as he did some time shortly later. In 1899, Dudley Town was completely deserted. Well, the kids who all grew up there married and moved away. The forest slowly began to reclaim the land. It was in 1920 that Dr. William Clark, a cancer specialist from New York, came to Cornwall for the quiet that the woods could provide. Dr. Clark fell in love with the surroundings and built a summer house there. It was in 1924 together with some of his friends and colleagues, that they all formed the DEF, or Dark Forest Association, in order to preserve the natural state of the woods for its members to enjoy. So there's a lot of theories behind this curse, and why this is called the Village of the Damned. Dr. John F. Leach, a resident of the Dark Entry Forest since 1952, claims that in his almost 50 years of experience in and around Dudley Town, that there was absolutely nothing odd or paranormal about the place. 
He said that he and his wife had been spending summers there since 1952 and that there were approximately 50 shareholders in the Dark Entry Forest Association and about 20 homes, and none of them had ever seen anything strange or supernatural. Reverend Gary Dudley The Dudley family genealogist believes that there is no family connection between Joseph Dudley of Saybrook, Connecticut and the cursed Edmund Dudley. Edmund Dudley's son, Robert, Earl of Lancaster, had two sons and one was illegitimate, Reverend Dudley said. The legitimate son of Robert died too young to marry and the other moved to Italy where he and his three children remained. There is no lineage between Robert and the Dudleys who eventually settled in Cornwall. Reverend Dudley believes that Dudley Town's, quote, ghosts, end quote, may have been the work of human error. The town produced a little flax and some rye, which is interesting because if the rye is left to decay, well, what's left over is a mold, and that mold has been proven to be an hallucinogen. Now, this makes a lot of people wonder if the demons were the result of bad bread as opposed to actually being the devil's work. Reverend Dudley said that Dudley Town became a town that was just trying to survive as opposed to grow and thrive. Ed Warren, noted demonologist of Ed and Lorraine Warren, believes Dudley Town was definitely cursed. He said the Dudleys had an ancestor in England who was a judge and condemned many people to death for witchcraft. Mr. Warren continued to state that, quote, The curse in Dudley Town started after the village became a thriving town. People went mad and reported seeing monstrosities in the forest, things that were unnatural. Curse? What is a curse? Dudley Town is cursed in that it is a tract of land with an aura of disaster. Everyone left the town, Ed Warren had said. So it wasn't too long after those comments from the Warrens that activity in the abandoned town began to swell, but not from paranormal activities or poltergeists, ghosts, or spirits, but from vandals. Now, we at the Mountain Mysteries like to theorize this is why the state police and law enforcement agencies as a whole began to crack down on trespassers. They were tired of the issues and the defacement. Nancy Ziegler, co-author of the forthcoming book Dudley Town, said, The people living in the dark entry forest have a vested interest in saying there is nothing up there. Well, if there's nothing up there, then why do we get strange things on our photographs? She said that she had been slapped across the face and scratched with no one standing there. The legends of the ghost stories seem to have started up in the late 1940s, shortly after the end of the Second World War. American men were returning from war, and everyone was doing pretty well financially. So one theory goes that the legends were made up by young men who wanted to drive up Dark Entry Road with their girlfriends in the car and tell them a scary story. The following are personal accounts. We'll begin with Shannon from Manchester, Connecticut, whose last name has been withheld upon request. My boyfriend's family moved to Sharon, Connecticut in early 1998. His mother's fiancé had lived in that area all of his life, and they had been telling me a little something about Dudley Town. 
I was kind of skeptical, so I decided to check into it. Ever since I was little, I've had this feeling, if you will. Many people don't believe this, but I can tell if some place is haunted. There's a house in Manchester, Connecticut, where I live, that is supposedly haunted by the spirit of a little girl. She was tortured and handcuffed in the crawl space of the house and left there for dead. And I walked into the house and instantly got cold chills and my body temperature dropped. I could feel her there. She was following me around the house. So when my boyfriend's family told me about Dudley Town, I had a natural curiosity to find out if it was true or not. So the next time I went out to Sharon, I asked them to show me where it was. They had told me stories about Dark Entry Road. My boyfriend's mother, like myself, can feel the presence of a spirit. So she and I drove to the beginning of Dark Entry Road and got out of the car to see if we could feel anything. Sure enough, the second I stepped out of the car, I got the coldest chill and my body temperature just dropped. I could definitely feel something. There have been quite a few people I've talked to out in that area that have told me that the town doesn't like if you get too familiar with it. And if you do, it'll change on you. I've heard several people tell me a story about how they were driving through or walking through there, having made it a daily route to or from work, and they've seen this mass, this black-as-can-be mass that just follows you. Sarah, a Connecticut resident, whose last name was also withheld upon requests, has this story. I have had some strange experiences there. In July of 1998, my fiancé and I, as well as two of our other friends, went up there to check out the so-called curse. Problem started as we pulled up Bald Mountain Road. We all felt this feeling. It was different for all of us. My friend Jen felt stabbing pains in her stomach, and my back got really tense. And the other two got a creepy feeling. Around 11.30 p.m., we parked our car next to the entrance to one of the trails leading into Dudley Town. We got out of the car, grabbed our flashlights and cameras, and started to walk down the trail. We heard nothing. Dead silence. No wind, no animals, nothing. We walked only a few feet when we heard this noise. The sound is difficult to describe, but it sounded like a huge metal dumpster dragging against asphalt. At that point, we were freaking out, but we kept going. When we got to the entrance, Jen started reading the sign, and all of a sudden I took the flashlight and shined it at the ground where we just walked, and we saw the words in huge letters, Never Return, Satan. What really freaked us out was that, first off, the writing was fresh, like it was done about two minutes before we got there. Secondly, we drove over that spot, but there were no tire tracks. And when we walked over, there were no footprints. We were like, okay, this isn't good, let's go. So we left. There's definitely something there. So, what is Dudley Town like today? Well, the Dark Entry Forest Association still owns most of the land that Dudley Town once sat on. There is a group of homes on Bald Mountain Road that are very secluded from main roads and the rest of civilization. Regardless of whether there was ever a curse or not, Satanists and black witches are performing rituals in the area that was Dudley Town. Robin Boston Barron, a ghost hunter and Dudley Town historian, said, 
Quote, I once saw the bloody spine of a cow lying in one of the cellar holes in Dudley Town. It was definitely some part of a ritual. Some rocks lying around the walls and trails have been painted or carved with symbols, and several people have been arrested for lighting fires or trespassing in the area. Recently, this past October, the DEF announced that they would no longer allow hikers to go onto their land. The area that was Dudley Town is quiet again for the third time in its historic and colorful life. A lot of the people who had lived there and passed on are long since gone and have no relatives. This makes investigations even harder, if not impossible. It's up to you as to whether or not you believe in the power of curses. There is something special about Dudley Town regardless. No matter how many historians and how much they may dismiss the curse, a lot of people cannot get rid of the feeling that there is something strange about such a small area with so many disappearances, unusual deaths, suicides, and cases of insanity. Those who plan to visit Dudley Town should definitely think again before making that journey. For one, the land is owned by the Dark Forest Entry Association, and they say that trespassing on that property is strictly forbidden. And as far as we know, state police and other law enforcement agencies take any kind of trespassing seriously. This is not only worth jail time, but fines that begin at $75 and they rapidly increase. So, if the thought of even going to Dudley Town, or as it's known, the Village of the Damned, crosses your mind, you may want to think twice. We captured this interview from a paranormal investigator on YouTube who was there. Unbelievable things happened that we just could not explain. So I started studying the science behind the paranormal and found there was a lot more to learn than just dead people walking around. My name's John, I'm the DP for Dudley Town Curse, and we're here on November 1st, 2011. Behind this gate is Dudley Town, 1,000 acres, a town that's been abandoned since 1928. We're not actually trespassing on Dudley Town, but we are filming what's going on in Dudley Town with two cameras. See if uh, there's anything of interest that will appear to us. Please stay tuned. Every place we've ever been to and every place which has been over a thousand places, the one that seems to hail the most with negative energy still remains by account and by what we felt doesn't count. It's very quiet. It's very peaceful. And as we first started entering, we were like, wow, this is beautiful, it's nice and calm. It's, and the deeper you get in, though, the more you get in, the more it just begins to weigh on you, and the more you feel like almost something of the whole woods is gonna come out at you. I would say you better have experience and know what you're doing. If you're gonna go into a place deep into the woods that has such a reputation, you don't walk in there as a novice.
I would not want to be out there alone. I don't really want to get that far away from the car. A place like that could easily have a vortex or a thin veil between this world and something else. That's what makes things like Dudley Town so scary to people, so freaky, because these things that are happening out there are just do not have full explanations at this point. The link to that interview on YouTube is in the episode notes. If you'd like more of The Mountain Mysteries, make sure to follow us on our Facebook, The Mountain Mysteries, or also check out our new website, www.themountainmysteriespodcast.com. We hope to hear from you soon. And until next week, I'm Chris Sloan for The Mountain Mysteries, The Mountain Mysteries Gatherings, and The Mountain Mysteries Blurs. As always... Stay mysterious. If you enjoy the Mountain Mysteries, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. That helps us so much. You can also help support the Mountain Mysteries by visiting our sponsors, whose links are below, or by donating at Patreon or the PayPal link shown in the notes. Patreon subscribers will receive early commercial-free episodes and more. Studio Production.